This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. All right. Hey, Village Church. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. For a little bit of a context on my whale voice, listen to uh, yesterday's episode. Um, <laughs> the pastor of Michael here, and I am in the studio this week with uh, my bride, Brian Fueling. And a little bit of context in case you're just jumping in um, on this fine Wednesday or Thursday, whatever day this is. And um, Brienne is my wife, married to me for almost 13 years, mm-hmm. mother of three children at the time of this recording, seven, five, and three, all born in August. And then uh, she is also a licensed professional clinical I got to correct you. No, no, You've no, no, said no. it wrong I know. every I said day. it wrong every time. What is it? Licensed Clinical Professional Counselor. LPCP. LCPC. LCPC. She's that. Um, <laughs> so she runs a counseling center out of the village church. And uh, also she is a florist. She owns Floral Excellence and uh, she loves making the world a more beautiful place. So mm. today we are going to be talking about anxiety again. Yesterday the question was how does God view anxiety and where does it come from? Mm. And today is how do we battle anxiety and OCD? Brian, the floor is yours. So for the purposes of what we're talking about today, I just want to give a definition again. So we're going to define anxiety as a feeling of worry, nervousness, uneasiness, apprehension that grows. Clinically, again, it has many ways that it displays itself, but that's kind of the concept of anxiety. Whereas OCD, or obsessive compulsive disorder, is a common, chronic, usually long-lasting disorder where a person has very hard-to-control reoccurring thoughts, or obsessions as we call them, and behaviors or compulsions, as we call them, that they feel the need to repeat over and over again. I believe the best illustration to kind of separate these out in our minds as to how they work is to look at anxiety as a path that our minds take. Sometimes it's launched by certain circumstances. Sometimes it's launched by hormones. Sometimes it's launched by our brain chemistry. But it's a path. It's something where we can gain ground and then sometimes lose ground. But it's a path. Whereas OCD is more like a spinning circle. It's like we're trapped on that merry-go-round when you were little and it's going around and around and around and it doesn't really have a destination. It doesn't really have an end point or sometimes even a starting point, but it's a circle and we're trapped and we're spinning around and around. So in terms of like your brain, for example, your brain with anxiety um, is going to take the path most traveled. It's going to take the path of least resistance. Like I think, isn't it like bunny rabbits? Um, Mm -hmm. They always follow the same path, you know, Mm -hmm. and because it's already worn down or like deer deer, do the same thing. Yes. And so, yes. Deer or bunny rabbits? Me not being a big hunter. I'm going to find a study that says bunny rabbits do it. (laughs) Okay. You do that. But so the one I'm familiar with are, are deer. And although I'm not a big hunter, this is one of my favorite pictures of what anxiety is like. I've been told that deer take the same paths no matter what the circumstance. So hunters know to sit on the side of the paths and watch them because whether the deer are feeding, whether the deer are fleeing, whatever it may be, they take the same path over and over again. And they'll never choose a different path, even if they could escape the danger in a much more efficient way. And our brains are very similar in that they we take the path of least resistance in our, in our minds naturally. 
If we have carved paths of negativity, if we have carved paths of self-loathing, if we have carved paths of, of doubt about what is happening in the circumstances in our life, no matter what it is that we have carved those paths, our brains just naturally walk them in an easier manner. However, the great thing about us is that we're not deer, and so we have the opportunity to carve new paths in the way that we think and in the way that we process ideas and thoughts, although it's very difficult. It's like turning to the side of a well-carved path and looking and saying, wow, that's the way I have to go, and it's all thick with brush, and we have to sit there and carve it out, whether it be with a machete, whatever tool we choose to be able to make a new way to think, and so it's difficult. But what happens is that as we walk that new path, that becomes a well-worn path. And that is a path that goes in the correct direction. It is a path that gives us life and it is a path that brings us hope. And what happens over time is that the old, once-worn paths, they cut, they fill in with the brush and they fill in to the point where we're, they're, they're barely recognizable any longer. And so as that is a metaphor for the way that our brains work. We have a lot of opportunity to make new paths in the way that we think to gain new ground and to head in a different direction. So there, there are some people who are continually negative or mm-hmm. they're pessimists or mm-hmm. they seem like, you know, the world is always ending. Even if there's just a little bad thing, things are insurmountable. And, and what I hear you saying is that these are pathways that have already been paved. So they're taking the path of least resistance and whether it's anxiety or negative thoughts and our brains are wired. And let's be honest, who wants to work harder if we can work smarter or easier? Mm-hmm. And what you're saying is that um, if we're actually going to become new people, we need to take new paths. Tell me if this is like a fair illustration. Um, it's almost like, okay, you can go through this brush um, and it's hard and it's scary and you're in the jungle and you're told that on the other end of this jungle, there is life and water and food and peace and civilization, but you don't have any of the tools. And so what Jesus does is he gives you the machete. He teaches you how to use it. He walks with you. He even chops some of it down for you. Um, but you and Jesus get to work through all this junk together. And in Jesus, you have maybe all the tools but they're objectively not easy because it is a hard path to walk, mm-hmm. but it's worth it in the end. Would you feel like that's a fair illustration? Absolutely. And so I think one of the best things we can transition to is talking about what those tools are, how Jesus gives us a different way of handling anxiety. So the tools we're going to talk about today are not a whole theology or conceptualization of how to deal with anxiety, but hopefully a snippet that is a helpful starting place for people to begin to tackle this battleground. So Brie, what is what is our first tool? So I think the starting point is to make sure that we are taking captive our thoughts. Second Corinthians 10 is discussing the way that we are to minister, the way that we are to wage war, reminding us that we're not walking in the flesh, but we're waging war to spiritual realm that is against us, to destroy us, like we talked about yesterday in yesterday's podcast. And one of the things that we're encouraged is to take every thought captive to obey Christ. So we can't get to a point in our lives where thoughts are just bouncing around inside of our heads, where they're spinning around, where they're controlling us, and 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 we are their, their subject, that they're in control of us. We really have to fight a battle to take every thought captive to Christ and make sure that it is honoring him. So after we've taken these thoughts captive and we've stopped them from bouncing around inside of our minds, we get to a place where we have to evaluate them. And Philippians 4 is super helpful in giving us a construct to be able to evaluate our thoughts. And starts off, which seems like a little bit unrelated in verse 4, and says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. 
The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And we get to verse 8. And I've heard this called the gatekeeping verse. It says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And I think when we come to this place of evaluation of our thoughts, we get to work this as a construct to say, do I get to think about these things? Is this true? And I love that that's the first gate because so many of the things that we dwell on, so many of the things that bounce around in our minds, they might have a legit source. They might have a true place to them. Is this honorable? And that is a huge filter for so many of our thoughts. So many of our thoughts that it may be true, but are seeking to bring us destruction, they're not honorable. They're not just. They're not pure. They're not lovely, commendable, excellent, worthy of praise. And therefore, they're not the things that we can continue to think about. And so after we've captured them, taken them captive to Christ to obey him, we get to evaluate them and see, is this something that I get to continue to think about? Our job is to take every thought captive to obey Christ. Second, we have to evaluate these thoughts. Are they true? Do they follow all of the descriptions in Philippians 4? Are they things that we get to think on? Third, I think that this scripture really shows us and points us back to the fact that thankfulness plays a huge role in the scope of anxiety and in the treatment of anxiety and dealing with this and in gaining battle. Where can we look in our lives and see how the Lord is working? What things are going on around us that because we're so boxed in with our anxiety, our eyes are so focused on ourselves, our eyes are so focused on the problem that we are missing the very hand of the Lord orchestrating and shaping things around us to heal us, to, to call this out inside of us. As we talked about yesterday, anxiety is it's a, it's a warning sign that something is not going well in what we're doing. And so in the midst of thankfulness, how can we look at the broader picture, the bigger picture of what is happening and see the hand of the Lord working? Fourth, I love the fact that this verse says in verse five, the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. We have to remember in the midst of our feeling that we're losing control when our grasp feels like it's getting weakened on what we want our life to look like, on circumstances that we want to happen, we have to remember that the Lord is at hand. He is right by us. So many scriptures talk about the Lord being at our right hand and that he's mighty to save and that he is with us. And in the midst of these anxious feelings, in the midst of our body sometimes responding that things are going out of control, we have to remember that he is with us. And that is an act of submission of us being able to say, Lord, you, you've got this. Of being able to say, you know what? My job is to be still and to know that you are our God. You've got this. I don't have to have this. And lastly, huge part of this is being able to take these things to the Lord. It says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with that thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Being able to sit before him and being able to say, Lord, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. This is what where I would love for you to show up but I'm submitting these things to you. I'm bringing them to you and letting you take them so that I don't have to take them anymore. So, so much of this feels overwhelming if you're in the throes of anxiety because you're looking at Absolutely. that big 
a hard, scary jungle. You don't know what's in there and you don't have control like you want in like a safe place. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> this is why going before the Lord, we truly believe that when you pray, he comes to your aid. Mm -hmm. And that's not just something we say. And mm -hmm. Um, but the reality is for all of these, if you take these five points and you look at them, this feels insurmountable. But what's worse, doing something that's hard or being a slave to anxiety? And mm -hmm. that's really the choice. It feels like um, you either continue to live the anxious life or you muster up by the power of God profound courage to go into the jungle. Absolutely. And I love the fact that in verse seven, he he tells you what the result is. And so that that anxious life, it does. It takes a lot of energy. It take, it steals. It, it does. It steals and it, and it kills and it destroys. And one of my favorite concepts when people just don't know where to start and how to start using these tools, I say, well, do the opposite. Because fear tries to lead us towards destruction mm -hmm. where God wants us to lead us towards peace. And verse seven says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Mm. And that's where he wants us to be. That That's his created purpose for us, is to be resting in that peace, not struggling and, and feeling overwhelmed by this anxiety. And that's one, of the pro that's one of the hurts of this world, is that we will all at some point deal with anxiety. But that is a battle that we're made to fight, and he gives us the tools and gives us the path for how to fight that i love that do the opposite so like if you're prone to anxiety whatever you want to do in those anxious moments like if you see a path that's well worn in front of you do the opposite because it's likely going to take you some absolutely because sometimes better. it's really hard to figure out okay yeah. okay so i shouldn't do that what should i do and our brains get all cloudy and and it's hard to figure that out and so most of the time people are pretty well versed in knowing what the opposites are what's the opposite of north south good Bad, lies, truth. Red, pink. No. And so uh, <laughs> and so that's just an easy place for us to begin to figure out what we need to do. I don't want to do that. I'm so scared of doing that. I, I don't want to do that. I'm so scared of doing that. I don't want to do that. I'm so scared of doing that. Then do it. Let's close out and give us just one final thought. I'm OCD. I'm struggling with this. I'm on mm -hmm. the merry-go-round. I'm going mm -hmm. around in circles. Yes. And so anxiety is something where we can gain ground. It's a battle that we can fight with truth. It's a battle that we can fight in our minds. And OCD is different. OCD can have its own challenge in the fact that it's, as we described before, it's a spinning. It's a spinning that's going on in our hearts and in our heads. And the best thing that we can do with OCD is sometimes to do the opposite. I really want to go check and see if that water is off. I really want to go check and see if that's water water is off. And instead you leave the house. But most of the time, the way that we handle OCD is just by ignoring it. We have to literally flick it out of our minds and say, you know what? No, there is no truth to this spinning sensation. I cannot hop on that ride. This is something in my brain and something in my mind, something maybe in my heart that is trying to take me on the ride of a lifetime spinning me around. I refuse to hop on that. And instead of going towards it and instead of feeding it, instead of thinking about it, instead of encountering it with the truth, instead of trying to battle it, that just gives it more momentum and it gives it more power to continue and, and pick up on that spinning momentum. We have to say, no, I will not be a part of that ride. I will go and do something else. And we have to distract ourselves. We have to separate ourselves and we have to find something different and hopefully more valuable to put our energy and our effort into. Awesome. And, and, and if you do have OCD, um, Speaking as somebody who is familiar with the subject, mm -hmm. um, 
you need to get some kind of help outside of yourself to overcome mm-hmm. that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's just a huge thing. And I know that you as a counselor love to suggest people getting help because yeah. it's a powerful tool to have somebody walk alongside of you. Absolutely. And, and for anxiety too, I think one of the best things that we can do is bring other people into this weakness of ours, invite them to know our thoughts because honestly, the thoughts, they even lose power so many times when we share them with someone, when we actually Amen. express them out loud and when we act, let them exit our own minds and share them with someone, it is a healing opportunity in and of itself. And I think one of the best things we can do is bring someone who you trust into these situations and or seek out professional help or help from a pastor or help from a someone who you know loves Jesus and can hold you accountable and help you walk through this path. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to bring healing to this part of your life. Awesome. Well, Brian, I want to thank you for being here today and talking about anxiety and OCD. I know it's a thick, hard subject. And tomorrow she's going to be back and she's going to talk about birth control. It's going to be awesome. So listeners want to invite you back tomorrow. Three things. Number one, would you go to the Village Church website and submit a question? VCOB.org. Right on the homepage, there's a button that says Q&A question. Um, Number two, would you share this podcast with someone in your life that you feel like it would be helpful for, especially the enemies in your life. And finally, number three, would you go and rate and review this podcast? That helps get this podcast into many, many more hearts and hands and heads as humanly possible. Thank you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Hello. No, (laughs) don't.